If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, catching a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, I come to you humbled and a little somber. Uh, those of you that did not see on the Instagram page, um, this will be the last show. If the if the title of the um, download when it hit your your screen there was not uh, that was not a trick. That was not a wordplay. That was not a uh, you know the YouTubers love to bait people with you know the little sad thumbnail and all this stuff why I, well, I why this is happening and then you know they picture them crying this is not any of that this is actually legitimately it's the last show of punch list um it's been it's been a long time coming but uh you know if you want a if you want a, a, a summarized breakdown and you don't want to listen to a a longer um more somber farewell you, you can you know go over to the instagram at punchlist mma and watch a very short succinct video but those of you that are going to hang out for a little bit um we're gonna we're gonna break down some some stuff that's happened over the last five years and i say we because it's not just a uh a we in the sense of a royal we those of you that are about to be listening uh there is an actual we here in studio with me introduce yourself we we <laughs> You would start me off with a wee wee. Yeah, I would start it <laughs> because it's so big. That's right. You gotta have we gotta have one of those jokes right off the rip. What's up, buddy? How are you? It's a it's a weird feeling. It's obviously since my departure a year ago. I listen to the show weekly, um, but when you're behind the ones and twos. I feel like I'm like Will Ferrell at the USC frat party, you know, DJing for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's very awkward and very like uh, my hands are sweaty, my palms. Right. I'm nervous, dude. And yeah. I'm nervous, but I'm also in parallel. I'm super sad because listening to you on Instagram and recounting the amount of guests we had on, the fan engagement that we had going, mm-hmm. we built something insane. And uh, to come back to close it out is humbling, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and the, 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 let me let me let me hijack this for a second to say why. Okay. So the majority of the why comes in from, um, you know, this, this realistically, like anybody that puts on a, what I'm going to go ahead and call a high quality program in terms of uh, production and social media engagement, all of those things, it really is. It's either a full-time job for one person or it's a part-time job for two people. It's very difficult. It's not easy. You can't really set it and forget it. And there were times throughout the course of us running this, where we thought about these marketing teams that will automate things for you. We entertain the idea of even doing that because it was a lot, even for two people to readily engage on Instagram, readily engage on Twitter, respond to emails, make posts, you know, and it, it's a lot, man. So um, the, the reason why I'm, I'm pulling the plug on this is just I have a full-time job already. I have other interests outside of this. Not that I don't love this project, which I really genuinely do. And if if I hope anybody that's interacted with me over the last five years during this has 
gained some of that or realized that this comes from an authentic place. I just don't have the, I don't have the time, effort, and energy that punch list MMA deserves and requires anymore. I just, I don't, I don't have it right now. Um, and I am not a, I'm not a person that likes, as you're very much aware, when you say you're done, you should be done. Right. I don't like guys that retire and then come back. I don't like ladies that retire and then come back. I think encores at concerts are the dumbest things ever. Just play four more songs. Don't pretend to leave and then cheer just so I come back out. <laughs> That's so dumb. Just play the four extra songs. I'm when I say punch list is done, I'm not reviving punch list a year from now. I'm not reviving it two years from now. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. The only way that Punchless comes back is if somebody like iHeartRadio comes at me with a bag full of cash and says, will you do this again? Um, other than that, I and I say a bag full of cash isn't enough to make it my full-time job as opposed to a part-time project. I just don't, I don't have the time. I have other interests. So 10,000 words to say you guys deserve better and I'm not as fired up as I used to be, and I'm not going to put you put you in a position where you're losing money or you're getting low quality entertainment out of me. Um, so yeah, that's why. You know, you know, it's interesting. I was I was thinking about this, um, and you hit the nail on the head there. You're a family man. You have a job, and you do this. And I've I've become infatuated with that podcast um, called uh, "How I Built This" with Guy Raz. Have you heard of that okay. one? And I've heard of it. I have not listened to it. I've seen it on the charts. Entrepreneurs come on and talk about their story and the failures that they had and how they got to their successes and you know what, what their ass was on the line and all this. But there's a couple things they never talk about. They never talk about at the time of the inception of the project, what was in their checking account. Yeah. They never talk about what their life was like at home. I look at anyone that's an entrepreneur in awe because you're like, gosh, this is, this is someone that's worked hard. They found their niche. They found their hobby. But on the flip side of that, they're probably one of the most selfish son of a bitches on the planet. The hybrid of having a family life, a job, and trying to be an entrepreneur is the toughest thing to navigate. And to see you continue to do that for the past year has been insane. I can't, I couldn't juggle three. Right. So I bounced. Um, but it sucks because it's the most fun thing on the planet. And mixed martial arts within itself is the greatest thing of all, and I'll give the listeners a little like insight um, to those that were OGs that had listened to Punchlist from, from the beginning. They know how Dale and I kind of came together, but Dale had a podcast called Fistful of Cash, and I was listening to it religiously. And I heard this dude with this deep baritone, just <laughs> Paul Walker, Vin Diesel mixed voice. Just it was hot. It was hot. And uh, right, I get that. I was like, dude, yeah. I'm obsessed with this show, and and. I reached out to him via DM and I was like, dude, your show's epic. And at the time I had a show and my show was centered around like a more TMZ-esque type of the MMA world. It was, gosh, we live in a world where mixed martial arts is so much outside of the cage as it is inside the cage. And how could that affect betting lines when people are off going, you know, 200 miles down Flamingo Avenue in Vegas and going on Coke binge runs and all this good stuff. And there was a bit of a synergy between everything you were doing from an analytical perspective and everything I was doing from a Hollywood uh, aura perspective. When we melded those two, it was a really kind of fun, cool thing. 
And it was some of the best times over the past year because it was this line of what you said in your Instagram post is, no, we weren't those guys that are black and white. Disney loves us and we'll get picked up because we're so PC. It was the everyman, the, hey, we're going to give you the facts because we know our shit, but we're also going to be that guy you're going to be shotgunning beers with while we're figuring out why this line's a pick em. And that was the coolest thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, man. Um, like I said, humbling for where we are right now. Um, super excited for your next project, but yeah, dude, good times. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, uh, and it, here's a great part, right? Is if you listen to our show, now's your chance, right? Like if, if you, the, there is going to be a power vacuum with this show dissolving because everybody that's out there now, right? Cause we're, we're your favorite podcasters, favorite podcaster, especially yeah. if, in the MMA yeah, for sure. Problem. Like, I, you know, what, what's what's really funny to me is you, there's a lot of stuff you can't tell me otherwise on, right? And we can recap, I mean, we got time, we can recap some of these things, but there's a lot of things you can't tell me otherwise on. And as delusional as it sounds, and we can lean into all the delusion you want, there are things that exist in the MMA sphere right now that I would go dollars to donuts, put my, you know, let the boys hang out on the chopping block here and say it started with us. It started with us. Um, and, you know, I mean, should we, we go in? Well, one, we, I'm just going to, it's our last episode. I don't care. We'll, we'll talk about Luke Thomas. Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell routinely stole from us. <laughs> yeah. Routinely stole from us. Yeah. Bingo so much, card. so much so that other people that listen to our show and listen to their show would send us clips of things that they said from us. And if those of you who are, you know, if you're like, what, give me an example. Uh, there is a, there's a clip that exists of them stealing a conversation that you and I had line for line. And it's directly after Cain Velasquez got arrested for attempted murder that it, it is line for line. And it's not like, it's not five lines. It's, it's a narrative, a setup and a joke. They use all of it. Mm -hmm. Two jokes. Actually, they use the whole thing. So those guys routinely stole from us. Um, shout out to Ariel Helwani who stole from us. Um, Ariel Helwani, you know, <laughs> not, not, he didn't steal from us as much as Brian and, and Luke did, but, um, we were the first ones with Paige Van Zant um, signing to bare knuckle. We were the very first ones. Ariel broke that news, did not give us credit for it at all. It's fine. I, I don't expect anything. He's, he's a rat always has been, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, a rat can't hide its tail. Um, so yeah, he just wants that cheese, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, DC, DC stole from us. I, I, I will die on this hill that DC stole. Um, he when it came for, to the the Tyron Woodley, um, Darren Till breakdown, he copied exactly what I said, almost word <laughs> for word, on regarding how, what shot Tyron Woodley was going to throw and how it was going to knock out Darren Till. Um, he, you know, just anyway. I'm just saying I kept receipts. That's that's the long and short of this. I kept receipts for this whole time. Well, no, here, hold on. Hold on. Okay. You're missing the, the Megalodon, dude. Oh, the biggest one of all. Which one's that? The Russian media. Well, they, they didn't steal anything from us. They just, zero credit, dude. That that was true. a clip that they showed like pretty much right after the Bob O'Reilly song or whatever that's when you're at a UFC true. event. True. That's true. They did. They did. When Drew Dober's talking about the pressure that Makachev gives him on the ground, the Russian media 
putin.tv or whatever it was rt rt sport rt sport <laughs> right. yes. which is the russian version of espn you showed our clip showed a clip of our show in russia so in mother russia yeah. you and i were on tv screens which is hilarious to me but they For did sure. not credit us at all yes you're that is well, it's even, even more funny because like it, behind you in the in the in the screen it says like in god we trust and there's a huge american flag but there we are on russian tv <laughs> like let's go dude that's true, that's true. i had a I had the Gadsden behind me and uh, that's so funny. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they literally RT sport. Yeah. And that was great. Cause then we had Russians say, you know, they were, that was fun. Lots of threats from the, from the neck beards and the Dagestans. <laughs> Meanwhile, they don't realize that, you know, we were, we, we have championed the caucus mountain warriors for years. It was just when you go up against Drew Dober, you know, we have no friends. There's no friends here, you know, yeah. We it's, have like we have three rules. It's like neck beard. If you wear a dead animal skin on top of your head post yeah. post interview, and there, uh, there's probably one more where you like don't take a bath for a week. You know, one right. of those type of things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all about. I mean, you, you go up against Drew Dober. It, there's there's there there's not many people that we're not going to um, talk smack against, and Islam was one of them. So you know, they didn't like that. They they showed it all over RT Sport, and then. Uh, the subsequent threats of violence soon there followed, but yeah, they didn't even credit us. It was great. You know, that was, I forgot about that. That was really good. Yeah. yeah, was yeah. Good. That was a good one. <laughs> but th my point being originally here is that there was a power vacuum. Now there will be a power vacuum. This show is leaving. So if you find yourself in the market, because there was plenty of you that have reached out to us over the course of the last five years and have said, I would like to get into podcasting. How can I do this? How do you build a brand? What, what, what can I do? If you want to be an everyman's MMA show that doesn't take yourself too seriously, but knows what you're talking about, there's an opening. Here is your chance to create it, get it out there. Heck, I'm a guest on it. I'm just not going like, here's your chance to do this thing. Um, because everybody that's out there now thinks that they're an MMA coach and they're giving you the, the super analytics of it or, um, you know, from, from a why fight perspective, or they, they fancy themselves as a pseudo professional handicapper. And they want to try to tell you why each line moves each percentage point and this, that, and the other. And it's realist, bro, if you were that good at this, you wouldn't be podcasting it for the same reason why billionaires don't want to sell you free courses on YouTube. It's because if you were actually good at it, you wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we were decent at best. Uh, and better than most, but entertaining above all else. Yeah. So now's your chance. Create the show. You can do it. I believe in you. Really, what it comes down to is you said it from the beginning. It was always just consistency, right. putting out consistent content. That even means through the thick and thin. <laughs> it's making me think. Uh, I'll never forget the Henry Cejudo interview because. Oh. Probably one of the worst interviews ever. Um, yeah. Mostly my part, my fault, because I had COVID the first time, not the yep. 13th time, the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided to go stay at my parents' house because why not, you know, go infect my my 60-year-old parents. It's yeah. very selfish of me. Um, but they had shitty internet. I had COVID and I was like dying, sweating. Cejudo takes the interview from his car. 
his girlfriend at the time is driving it. She's going yep. through the, the like Plano, Texas in the middle of nowhere. Choppy yeah. interview. I'm sweating. Dale, you're interviewing him talking about uh, weed or something like that. I can't even focus, but we put out consistent content and it was there. Yeah. I, I, three C's creative, consistent content. You have to, you have to put marry all three of them together to put it out. And we did. Um, and honestly, that's the thing that once that starts dropping off, there's no point in doing it anymore. Um, which is why we're pulling the plug on this. Um, so let me ask you, let me, let, let's do some, let's do some nostalgic based questioning here. All right. Yes. Um, you listen to, you listen to my Instagram video, yes. right? So those of you that didn't, I'm going to recap some of the, some of the facts for you. Okay. So 295 episodes on nearly 300 episodes of Punchless MMA, 295. That's, that's, that's a good run, dude. Whoa. That's almost exactly. God, if we cranked out 296, we'd be on par with all the pay-per-views. Mm -hmm. That's weird. That's consistent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So two. 295 um almost a million downloads total from start to finish almost a million now i i i want to pause on that for a second because there's episodes of shows that those of you that don't that whether you do or don't do podcasting right um guys like rogan do multiple millions of downloads per episode right per episode we did 295 had almost a million but here here's the truth of it your average dude that's doing a podcast, audio download wise, you know, every every marketing team that you and I ever spoke to, every every person that tried to get us to join their network and this, that, and the other was always blown away with the amount of numbers that we did with the size show that we have. Mm -hmm. Um we always punched above our weight. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um which was just really, I, I chalk it up to nothing more than a testament to how um, organically this whole thing grew. There was no, there was no viral nature to it. Like we earned every brick in the wall. We didn't have like a viral moment where you said something and then it shoots across the internet and then we get a million, you know, and then it tapers off of that. We literally, I, I felt like we, we filled an aquarium one fish at a time. You know what I mean? Like that's Dude. every person we got, we got one and you stayed and one and you stayed. Give, give the people the example of this is, this is scrappy one Oh one of how we got Anik the first time. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a hundred percent. And I, I said as much as that in, in the Instagram video, the, the interviews, uh, and I was going to say this whenever we got to the guests, um, the interviews that we got were not because of anything you and I did, but was because of the people that listened to the show. Um, so I'll bring us over the next one. 37 different countries downloaded episodes of Punchlist. 37 different nations around the world listened to the show. Somebody in that country listened to the show. Everything from the Seychelles Islands to Argentina, uh, Kenya, obviously Russia. Seychelles. We still don't know where that is, by the way. It's, it's You know what? It's off the coast of Africa. I had to look it up. Is there seashells there? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there might be seashells by the Seychelles, probably near the seashore. I would think is probably where they're at. My God. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, man, at 37 different countries. But anyway, the guests, right? So I went down through the guest list and I, I know I'm forgetting somebody. I know I, I, I realized after I said it, who I, for, one person I forgot for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that in there now. Okay. okay. I'll read the list and then you, you can add to as we, as one, once I finish, don't interrupt. Cause I don't want to try to lose my spot. So the person I left out on the Instagram video, I want to make sure I mention them first this time. They were the very first champ, very first champ that wasn't, that that came on the show. Do you know who I'm talking about? When they came on the show, they were not a champion, and then they became a champion after the fact. Do you know who Oh, um, yeah, I know. In Bellator, though. Yep. 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 Um, his name's a cereal box, not a real name. Um, dude, I know. I, I, it's right, right on the tip of my tongue. Why am I blanking right now? It's like crunchy monkey what is the name i'm blanking dude patchy mix patchy mix see dude i patchy knew mix yeah not a real name but yeah. yes yeah i forgot to mention patchy yesterday so i want to be sure to mention and thank patchy for being on the show um dude was always dude he always championed the show was always cool with us always always promoted stuff i so i felt like a jerk yesterday when i missed that so i want to make sure i mention it today so he's a good dude yeah all right i'm gonna go through the rest of these all right Jimmy Rivera, Johnny Case, Laura Sanko, Josh Emmett, Calvin Cater, Carlos Condit, Diego Sanchez, Henry Cejudo, Linton Vassell, Chris Lieben, Eric Anders, Miranda Maverick, Kenny Florian, John Anik, our boy Taylor Johnson, our boy Max Griffin, and Drew Dober. Sounds right. Am I missing anybody? You put Condon on there, right? I did. Yeah. I think you got everyone. I think our, probably the biggest issue for us is we didn't get our two boys ever on. Yeah. We never got Faber. Yep. And we yep. never got the guy that he would have beat in Palm Springs <laughs> and became the king of all of California. You're out of your mind. Yeah, we never got Faber. We never got Cub. And it wasn't for lack of effort. We definitely tried. We definitely tried. Um so behind the scenes on how that works, how this process works. So we got guys like we got Anik and we got some other folks, primarily guerrilla networking through you guys, the listeners. Um, we petitioned Punchlist on the Punchlist Army on many occasions to basically bombard these people saying this is the show you need to go on. And you did, which is very it'll mess with your ego a little bit. Like if you don't check <laughs> yourself, it'll mess with you. You kind of feel like you're you're doing something, you know. But that's how we got some of the bigger names. Um, and then here's a peek behind the scene, uh, podcast wise, we were just relentlessly annoying, like really annoying. Um, if if you were dumb enough to give us your email address, or we got your manager's email address or contact info, um, you know. We were relentless until we got got what we wanted. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that that that's really kind of it. So, if you, if you are if you're an aspiring podcaster, um, being relentless uh, mm -hmm. will take you very far. I mean, I just named off probably twenty five high quality MMA fighters um, and or commentators. And did I say Kenny Florian? Did I skip Kenny Florian? Yeah, no, you said him. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that came about just solely being relentlessly annoying and <laughs> um, creative. You have to be creative as well. Um, and if you can't be, find somebody that is and let, and, you know, 
uh, lean on their creativity to help you, you know, get that stuff. We, 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 when we first started out, which is not a sustainable model, but one of the first things we did, we, we created like promo packages for everybody, like with highlights and music and everything, and then sent, sent it to the fighter unprompted. Like we, you don't know us from a hole in the ground. Let me create this promo package and send it to you. And then if they liked it, we were like, if you like it, you should come on our show. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I guess we can do that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. My favorite was the the way that you got Anik though, because you took you took movie clips, and yes. I'll never forget the the Anik one was it was a clip from Elf with yes. Will Ferrell, and Elf is sleeping in a window display in New York City, yeah. and when he wakes up to see his dad, and he's screaming instead of like Dad, Dad, it's like Anik, Anik, yeah. and he thought yeah. that was funny, and then there we go. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was great. <laughs> It was great. And it worked very well. And um, unfortunately, that was one of the clips that we had that was copyright. We got hit with a copyright strike on that. And Instagram <laughs> yeah. that. so I mean, dude, dude, but the damage was done at that point. We had already gotten him. We had already gotten him. So um, <laughs> who who do you think? Let, let's play favorites. Not that, not that you're supposed to. Who is your favorite guest we ever had on? My favorite guest. My favorite guest. It's tough because there was ones that were were fun and relaxed and cool. And there's other ones that you just got these nuggets of motivation, like straight up Goggins style. And mm -hmm. I'll never forget the the Josh Emmett one. And I feel like I've listened to numerous Josh Emmett interviews since our podcast. And it's always the same thing. And he always takes his interview from the exact same location too. Yeah. It's always in his office. Yeah. He's got a picture of Muhammad Ali over his left shoulder that says, impossible is nothing. And everything he says is very just, it's qu like quotatious, dude. It's yeah. like, uh, you can fucking do this. And, uh, right. you know, like bootstraps, dude, hard training. Like you just left that and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm yeah. going to some water and i'm gonna i'm gonna think about going on a run like it was just emmett was cool because it was like uh i don't know motivational we had him right after the shane burgos fight which was an absolute war and he tore his acl in the first round of that fight and he basically just recounted round by round mm -hmm. what it was what it was going through his head basically like i can't move so i've got to bait this guy into traps and then i'm gonna try to take his head off of his shoulders every single time and was basically saying, you're going to, he was going to have to kill me to get me out of there. Even though my leg was falling off, I absolutely refused yeah. to get up. And then remember, he said, he goes, I will be the person that comes back from this the faster than anybody else. That was like his thing. He was like, my ACL, MCL, LCL is torn. I will be the fastest <laughs> person to come back from this. This will not keep me down. I will be the fastest person back from this. Yeah. Um, now I don't, I, I, I didn't time him on it, but dude, he came back pretty quick. I mean, and to see him fight for a title, uh, albeit interim, you know, coming off of a devastating injury like that a year and you know, 18 months later was, was phenomenal, man. And then, um, I watched him send Bryce Mitchell into the absolute ether <laughs> in person. And yeah. dude, that was, uh, yeah, man, it just, it was, it was, that was a joyous moment, man. That was pure unfiltered joy at that point. I mean, he's fought since then, but yeah, just to see, to see like, you know, you do create some, some relationships and you have some are more acquaintanceship than friendship, but, um, it, that was one of the hardest things with this show was once we would interview somebody, I would have a hard time separating 
how I felt about them versus what I thought was going to happen in the cage. All the time, dude. If we interviewed someone and they were a plus 7,000, I was telling all my friends like, oh, no, this guy's a lock. He's yeah. a lock. He's a lock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was every time. Every yeah. time. And um, let's talk about the Max Griffin thing real quick. Okay. <laughs> so, so so Max is our boy. Um, and I, contrary to what has been believed at times, I love Max. I really do. And I know, I know you and Max get along very well. You know, you guys are, you guys are bros. I, in one episode called Max, the garbage man of the welterweight division. <laughs> they can't do that. But I meant it from the perspective of, is that he takes out the trash. He takes out the people that the UFC doesn't want to give them any sort of recourse as to why they're being cut. Like this dude beat the brakes off you. You're out. Like that's it. Like they're basically, he's like the, he's, he's the dirty work guy for the mob. He's the wet work guy. Like they call (laughs) up Max. This guy's got to go, right? Like you got to get rid of this dude. Max goes out there and takes your ear off your head or he punches you into a freaking, you know, into a coma and dude, that's it. You're just, you're cooked after that. Right. Like, and I, I said that and I meant it complimentary. I meant, I meant it complimentary. Now I know, I know you just, you could have said like, to me, he's like John Wick, dude. It's like a lot of people still don't know who he is, but he comes in and he takes, dude, he's Baba Yaga, dude. He's Baba Yaga. He comes in, murders you and bails and doesn't leave his name. And then when he needs the call, he gets the call, murders you, leaves. That's a better way to put it. I'm not going to lie. It's a better way to put it. I just, I meant it as, as a time, like he's a, he's a gritty blue collar, every man that goes out there and just, you know, does the, does the dirty work. And <laughs> anyway, that was not well received from Max. So <laughs> he did not like that. Um, and as we continue to, as I continue to drop these little nuggets for podcasters that exist or continue to exist or, or hope to start, you never know who's listening to your show. So um, you either have to lean into the, I'm going to say what I want, or you need to be PC and tiptoe through the tulips. Yeah. Because if you are going to lean into the, say whatever you want, you need to be prepared for the potential for fallout or consequence from that. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, it took some smoothing over <laughs> primarily from you after that episode, because while I did not mean it in an insulting fashion, um, it didn't matter how I meant it. It's how it was. It was how it was perceived and received. And, um, you know, I, I don't want, uh, at the, at the time, I don't want to, at a, a top 15 welterweight in the world, uh, really mad at me. Cause you know, as I, I like to talk, but he likes to punch people in the face and I, I don't want that. I, I did not want that smoke. So I appreciate you smoothing that out. Uh, it was, was pretty simple. I literally <laughs> just, I texted him and I just said, apologies for my friend. He's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and he was, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I see that. I can, I can <laughs> tell the chromosomes are not adding up. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So, um, I don't have a favorite guest. I mean, obviously there, there's, there's people that are our favorite interview, um, you know, some obviously some are better were, were better than others, like you alluded to. The Cejudo one was was pretty rough. Um, no, no, no. I know yours, dude. 
you such you're so humble dude this is what i i like about you but you know what this is, it's just not gonna get you very far in life dude you gotta gotta toot your horn a little bit dude whose podcast did you get invited on oh no no, no 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 i'm just saying I, i'm saying i'm talking about in terms of favorite guests my the i think the best interview i've ever done the best yeah. interview i've ever done was the john Anik interview Thanks. the john Anik show was the best like i was i literally was like you know game seven michael jordan right there i locked in <laughs> I absolutely locked in, um, and and I'll, dude, listen, I'll be, I'll be, I'm gonna be, I'll just let's pull back, let's get into the trust tree a little bit more. Ooh. When when um, so after Anik was on our show, they invited me onto his show. I did the Anik and Florian show, um, and that was in that was in the, um, I think that's right around the time Ian Parker was phasing out of that show, and they they were kind of bringing in guest cappers. Oh yeah. Who's so, <laughs> the one you lost to that now is in federal prison? Yeah. Um <laughs> Krause isn't in prison. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think he, I just don't think he exists anymore. That dude just he's off the radar. Uh, uh, but anyway, they were bringing people on and um Ian Parker had it was was fading off. He he got the ESPN gig and um I had reached out to the producer of their show and was like, you know, if you need a guy, I'm your Huckleberry. You know, and uh, he had said that they were bringing on James Krause. Now, this was before the Krause thing happened. And um, so, all right, that's fine, you know. And then the Krause stuff happened, and obviously uh, it fell through with the Anik and Florian show. And uh, they they were they were kind of shortlisting a few cappers that had been on there and been guests. And they went with they went with Brian Petrie. Um, I, I was told I didn't I never talked to John. I never talked to Kenny. I don't know the validity of it, but their producer said that I was one of the one of the names on the short list of people they were considering. They ultimately went with Brian Petrie. And I think I think Brian's great. Um, listen, though, I think he is. I think he's fantastic. I, I really I really do. Um, I have I, I, I they made a They made a great choice and he fits in very well with them. Um, so. I, I'm going to say that. I'm also going to say that it it hurt that I didn't get that job. Not that, yeah. that I not that I even know how close I was to getting it, um, but I will say it while I am ecstatic and I think Brian does a fantastic job for their show and with them as part of that team. Um, boy, I you know from a from a jealousy perspective, there was a time where I was I was I wished it, I wished it was me. I really wished it was me. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I really did. I'll just, I'll just, I'll say it out loud. I mean, I got no problem saying it out loud. I wished it was me. So. Uh, I love that. I love the way you said that too. Like I think Brian's, I'm so happy for him. That's I like, am though. That's I understand, but that's like Miss California saying to Miss Alabama when she loses, like, I'm so happy that she beat me out to get the crown and is holding that bouquet of roses. Like, do you really? I, yes, really, and I'll, okay. and I'll say why. Okay. So, because Brian has a show. Brian had Brian had his own YouTube show that did numbers similar to ours. He had his own thing that he was doing that was doing very similar numbers to ours. So, like, dude, it's like whenever you see somebody in your arena, get the call up. Like, I'm, dude, I'm, I, I've said this from the very beginning, and you know this. I want to see everybody eat. I want the rising tide to raise all the ships in our port. I wanted, I wanted to bring everything up with us. That's why like dudes that would hit us up that had their own betting podcast. Yeah. That were doing their own MMA capping, all this stuff. 
Dude, we always brought those guys on. Always. Yeah. Because, I, dude, I want to see you win too. And that's what, what, what have we always said. Whether you use the information and the, the angles we're giving you to follow us or fade us, I hope you cash tickets. Dude, if, yeah. if, if something I said either pushed you off a bet or put you on a bet that made you win money, then I did my job. I did my job. Dude, and I want to see that. So, <laughs> Dude, there were times where you straight up would come into an episode. You'd be like, Trey, everything I'm going to say, and I'm going to tell listeners this too, everything I say, they need to fade. I'm an <laughs> ultimate mush. Um, we'd be transparent about that. And people yes. would take your picks and take the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that would be the week that your picks would actually hit too. That's the problem. I mean, we'd fuck you know, them even worse. Dude, we consistently hit near 70%. Consistently hit near 70%. Yes. So I have, I have no, I have no, um, I have, I mean, I have no regrets in that regard. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about picks real quick, just because I know this doesn't, this doesn't have a whole lot to do with you here, um, right now, but I do, I do want to touch on this real quick. Um, so this last year going into this year, um, it was asked and suggested that all, um, all plays be tracked on betmma.tips, which is a website where there's over almost 6,000 handicappers right now, uh, that are tracking their picks on bet mma dot tips which is i to, to me is a lot of a lot of people a lot of people so um out of 5987 active total mma handicappers on bet mma dot tips i we punch list are in 64th place whoa yeah really yes yeah who's number one uh there is a guy uh, what his name's like LS LSV Bet Machine something like that. Sick um, name, sick name. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the issues that you run into with a website like this is it's cumulative over time. So he's been tracking plays on here, for, right? And he's so far ahead unit wise because of that that it's mm. just it's it's dang near impossible to overtake him at this point. Now, if you look at him consistently, he bets in a way where either you have to have I don't want to say poor money management, but he doesn't bet things the way I bet. Um, it's a lot of like super, super high odd, um, like super juiced parlay together. So it'll take like a minus thousand, minus five, five hundred, and then throw it together in a parlay and then throw 10 units on it mm. for four in return. And I, I just don't like. I just don't like betting that way. That's just not the way. Yeah, that's not the way that I bet. So, um, so we're in sixty fourth place uh, in that regard, and total units up on the year. I want to just pull this up real quick. Bear with me. I know this is bad radio. I should have had this pulled up prior to prior to this. Patient, huh? For the anticipation, dude. I like I know, it's dramatic right? pause. You call well, it bad radio. I call it dramatics. It is, yeah. This is um okay. So overall ROI uh for the year was at eight percent. Eight percent average odds of all of my plays for the year, the average odds were plus nine. So average the average odds plus one to nine. Total units profit on the year 144.5. Ooh. So like that. 
if you are a person that does units and your one unit represents 1% of your total bankroll and we were up 144 units, you doubled and then some your bankroll on this year. So um, not a bad way to end it in that regard. Now, I am still going to track, like me not doing the show doesn't mean I don't like MMA anymore. I just don't want to create content that's MMA related. Yeah. Me, myself, personally create it. Um, but I still want to track plays. So if you are interested, dear listener, I've said this for a year now, you can go to betmma.tips, go to the leaderboard, go to right around 60 to 64, depending on the week, and you will see Punchless MMA right there. You click that and then click follow. All my plays are available right there. You can see them. And I've got five plays locked in for the next pay-per-view already. They're already there, ready to go. So you can still follow or fade. You're just not going to get the audio versions of why I'm playing what I'm playing. So I'm not going to, I don't, I'm going to try to update that as much as I can because that's for my personal, you know, want and need there. So. Yeah. And women's science will still reign strong going forward. Women's science still reigns, reigns supreme. I also, um, for the time being, the punt, so I'm not getting rid of the punchless MMA Instagram. Um, although I probably will transition it to the Instagram for my new project when that comes out. In the interim, the merch store is still available as a link there. So you can go to Punchless MMA on Instagram and the link for the merch store is there. So if you want to buy stickers, if you want to buy shirts, if you like Caucus Mountain Warriors, Women's Science, the OG logo, all of that stuff is available right there. And I went through and I changed all the pricing on it to cost. Whoa. So... Get what Sweet, you want, dude. Get what you want. So I, I, I. Not that I had it at margins anyway. I was making like a dollar fifty on each hoodie, um, but it's literally everything's at cost now. So um, you buy it. I'm not making a. I'm not making a dollar on it. So um, get after it. Get after it because uh, that's that's not going to stay. I, I, I mean, it's like I leave it active forever, but you're not going to have a means to go acquire the link to get there. You know, I'm not because I'm eventually going to transition away from it. So you go to Instagram, click on the link and go get some merch, go get some merch. So, um, all right, dude, let's, let's put a, let's, let's start winding this thing down. Um, what is, as far as podcasting goes, um, what's, what's like a, what's a big takeaway that you had? Like, is there, is there something, is there something that it helped you with? personally professionally anything like that is there anything that this this show has taught you or brought to you that you didn't have prior <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> i think um w- one of the big things is seldom do you get an area where you can just vent and talk mm-hmm. with your boys and do it in a manner that people either agree or disagree but that creates collaboration and communication and dialogue and all that fun stuff and, um, yeah, I mean, dude, that, that was the craziest thing when you'd go to a UFC event and you put up a thing, I'm here. And what was that thing? You had two guys from two sides of the United States meet you and share a beer together. Right. Or something like that. Remember that? Yes. But there was also a time where we had, there was, there was an event where there were two people, there were people that listened to the show that were there that both listened to us and we connected them together while they were there. And it was two people that listened. There were people that listened to our show that had not met prior, but the mutual listening listenership of our show brought them together at an event. That's so cool. Like, yeah. 
it's just cool that you know you get so wrapped up in your own world and the rigmarole of like what's going on every every second in your routine but then you take a step back and you're like there are so many other people that are like-minded like me that just want to watch violence and just drink beer and say stupid shit and just have a good laugh and the this takeaway i i took from this podcast is gosh there's a so there's a huge community out there um, that's, that's like us and that's fun. So that was yeah. me. You? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, I think, I think it definitely helped me with some strengths or things that I viewed to be strengths. It, it helped get, helped bring those further into fruition. Um, you know, I, this, this was a great, this was a great exercise in public speaking, right? It's a great exercise mm-hmm. in, in communication. And it was, it's, a, it was, I am not naturally inclined to socialization. I'm not a huge, I'm not a very sociable person um, in the sense that I can turn it on for short periods of time, but then I have like a large recharge window. This degree of separation allowed me to be a lot more sociable and outgoing than I would normally be because there's, there's the added, I'll use the word security of separation between me and people that listened to this show. So it was, a it made it, it, it definitely helped me um, get better with socializing and communicating with people for sure. And helping me understand my own voice and the way I say things and how I say things to people. Because when you only have my words, that's what's carrying all the weight. Right. So it really helped me refine that a lot more and get a lot more refined in it. Um, This is also one of the best and probably the only successful creative thing I've ever done. Like Mm. I, I I have dabbled in other forms of create creativity, but not all of the, most of them have not been successful. Um, You are, you're a person just like, like me, you're always, striving to to find a way to be creative and do things right. Like people that don't know that you wrote a children's book, um, which was great, which was fantastic. And was out of, you know, for me, that was like out of left field because you're like, yeah, I wrote a book. And as somebody that's been trying to write a book for a decade, I mean, that was <laughs> different was, sales, dude. Yours is like, got not going to have chapters and talk right, but, about but, doesn't matter, but you still economical execute. influences. Mine's about a bird that loves donuts and how the executed on the people. idea though. You had the <laughs> idea and you executed on it. Right. Yes. Um, you know, I developed an app that, that went nowhere. Right. I, you know, I've had businesses that have come and gone and failed during the time period of this. Like there, there's stuff like this, this thing has been, has like, it's thing remained a consistent create creative outlet, um, that was successful. And, and I've, I've appreciated that tenfold because it's taught me a lot about perseverance. It's taught me a lot about, uh, resolution. It's taught me a lot about compromise. Um, having, having a partnership in this, working with you on these things. Um, people don't realize the work that goes into a collaborative effort to create something. You and I, just from a, for lack of a better way to put it, sociological standpoint, come from two very different backgrounds, two very different upbringings, two very different points of view on a lot of things. 
but our commonality and our common ground was strong enough that it helped us create compromises on different, um, let's say, components that didn't necessarily come together that cleanly. Um, and, you know, it there's a lot of that where if you are the person that is the creative control thing, you don't have to you don't have to make those compromises. So it, it taught me how to be, I know I've talked about the communication thing, but there's many folds to that, you know, to that book that it, it really helped me. It, it's helped me a lot, man. And, and, you know, problem solving and team structure and all do this. This was, been, this has been a huge exercise in, in humility as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. It made me think of like the whole like-minded thing, dude, and catering to, a, or speaking to a voice that, uh, transcends to other people. So great example would be like when I said that Paul Walker's the goat and then all of a sudden there's all these DMs, dude, hell yeah, we should build him a statue. That guy's the goat. And then there was the disagreement that you believe that the best actor in the entire world in the history of, of Hollywood was Shia LaBeouf. And we're all like, Shia LaBeouf, what? And then you said peanut butter Falcon. And then there's people just came from the woodwork saying that this movie was oscar worthy and he just gets snubbed and it's bullshit and, and there was just just ravenous fan base behind these little things that you're like why did that turn into such a big thing well it's because the community cares a lot of hell more than just in mixed martial arts it's more like the fun fanfare that we brought and yeah that was the that was a great learning thing yeah i still didn't watch peanut butter falcon because i'm not gonna Dude. watch a disney movie but okay it's not a Disney movie. Please watch Peanut Butter Falcon. I'm not gonna do it. Oh, dude, watch Peanut Butter. Please. I can't. I I can't. It's just. It's it's exactly why I'll never watch that movie. Um, my dog Skip. Same why? thing. Why? Well, my dog Skip. Like I had a dog, and like I can't watch like War Horse, another one. I can't watch like any type of like animal cruelty or like. You know, there's no Falcons in Peanut Butter Falcon, right? <laughs> I know there's no. I know there's no Falcons in Peanut Butter Falcon, but are you the, equating the Down syndrome kid to a, an animal? No, I'm not, oh my god, I'm not doing that. No, I'm just saying like when there's there's trials and tribulations on things that don't have like the best shot. Man, this is going a bad direction, dude. I, just, dude, you begged me in a hole here. I'm just saying challenges like that. It's hard for me to watch because what challenges? He he's he's mentally challenged. Shia LaBeouf's not, but the other guy is. I know, and it's hard for me to watch that, dude. It's because I care. It's because you care. Okay. God, okay. You, man, you really walked down that. You, you're on the plank for that one, dude. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you pushed me on that plank. I was on the boat. I was steering the ship, and then you just said, hey, just walk out here. Check it out if there's any alligators. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no, sure. I'll take a look, Captain. I, did. I, ne I never. Oh, man. That's great. Um. You should watch it. It's a fantastic movie. It's really so good. And I didn't say he was the greatest actor of all time. I said he's the greatest actor of our generation, which I, that's not debatable. Under 40, there's not a better actor on the planet Earth than Shia. Under the age of 40, there's not a better actor. That's Who's that. better above 40? Well, there's a bunch of, I mean, Leo's, Leo's fantastic. Matt Damon's fantastic. Mel Gibson is a legend. I mean, all those, two, you know, I mean, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, all these... All these folks, fantastic. Okay. Well, is there, um, is there anybody? I'll put you on the spot here. Is there anybody you want to say you want to say thanks to? 
whether whether they hear it or not. Is there anybody you want to say? Yeah, thanks? for sure. Um, I want to say thanks to producer Jake. Um, yeah, I'm actually Jake was here for the last episode. I'm mad at myself. I did not. Um, I admittedly dropped the ball for that. That was that was cool. Producer Jake would be in the background, listing all the odds, meeting us every single Tuesday night, and um, outside of that, just you know, even before the episode was going to occur, just the fun talking that we had and talking about world events and good times. He was instrumental. Um, besides that, dude, you man, like I said, I found you in, in DMs, and look what we created. Um, I, and I I got a brother for life. I'm stoked. We, you and I, even though I haven't been on the episode, it's not like we have been strangers. We text each other probably every other day. Um, And uh, yeah, dude, just shows, put yourself out there. um, Find like-minded people with things that you enjoy and creative collaboration can almost just be of ease because it's just like you're talking to your boy. So I think the, you know, the wolf pack that is you, me and producer Jake built a beautiful thing. I think so too. I think so too. Um, I, before I, before I do a sign off, I, I, like I said, the social medias will stay active. So at punchless MMA everywhere. Um, but the, like the email is going to go down the, the YouTube channel is going to go down the stuff that, that doesn't carry on forward. That's not, we're not that, that won't, that won't, um, carry forward, but the, um, the, the socials will stay active and then I will, I will rebrand, um, when the time comes, um, it will be another podcast, but until I get, until I get some more f- final structure set up, um, it just know that it's not going to be an MMA podcast. Um, but if you've enjoyed anything I've said over the course of the last five years, you're really going to enjoy this show. So, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll leave it at that. A little bit of mystery, right? You gotta like, gotta leave a little bait on the hook. Um, okay. So at punchless MMA everywhere. All right. This is the final sign-off. I, w- I will say this: I have I have loved and enjoyed every moment that I sat in front of a microphone talking about MMA, um, whether it be closed circuit like this or live stream with fans. And I'm just going to say fans at this point. I never I've always shied away from that word because it sounds pretentious and douchey, and it says it now. But if you guys wouldn't be, there's not another way to say it. You are a fan of the show so much so that you stoked the flames of creativity you were a fan in the sense that fire needs oxygen to grow and you were instrumental in growing the all-consuming fire that was this show so you fanned the flames of this creative monstrosity that was punchless mma so i will call you fans for that exact purpose and i am forever super thankful for this this has opened up a ton of doors for me from uh, commentary gigs to ring, ring announcer gigs to interviewing some of my favorite people in the sport, making literally making friends with these people. Like y- you helped instrument friendships that I now have with, with people that I once would watch on TV and fangirl out over are now people that I am happy to call f- like legitimate friends. Um, and you introduced me. It's like you introduced me to a loved one. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that I don't take this lightly. And if there's nothing else that you've learned over the course of the last five years, I hope you, you understand that I was always appreciative of your time, always appreciative of your effort, your money, all of everything that you put forward. I was always super appreciative of, and I, I didn't take it for granted. And I don't take it for granted because I know how, uh, 
finite of a resource this all is, right? How finite of a resource time is and energy and, um, you know, even actual fiscal resources are finite. And, you know, if you ever bought a shirt or ever left a review or ever shared the show with anybody, dude, it's enough. It's like enough to make me cry, man, that you would be willing to do that for somebody you don't know. Um, mm -hmm. It made it great. And like I was saying earlier, the fact that we built the show brick by brick and not through a viral moment made it that much better because there are people that ev like that we interacted with over time. Like I count you amongst my friends, even though we've never met. Like I, I count you amongst my friends. I, I don't have any problem in saying that, that, that I don't have a degree of separation in that regard. There are some of you out there that I literally would say, yeah, man, that's my dude. I don't, that, that's fine. You know, because we've interacted for years now. Um, so I, I am, it is not lost on me. The, you know, those of you that dedicated hours of your life, right. It's an hour. Like it, our shows were an hour long. This one will be an hour long. You listen to this hour. If you listen to Every episode of our show, that's 295 hours of your life you dedicated to me, to listening <laughs> to me, to listening to Trey, like 295 hours. That's, you know, we're talking about almost three weeks of time. Three, three weeks of your life you spent with me. I, I count you amongst my friends in that regard. So thank you. Know that I never took any of this for granted. And I've appreciated every download, every share, every like, every subscribe, every subscribe, everything. I've appreciated it all. Um, and I, I, you know, this is not goodbye forever. Uh, cause I, like I said, I will be in the content creation sphere. It's just goodbye for punch list. So with that said, um, an infinite amount of thank you to everybody that ever supported this show. Infinite amount of thank you to the guests, the contributors. If you were ever a guest handicapper on here, you ever shared anything, um, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And um, I will, I, I will leave you with a with a final charge, like I always do. Um, one, God bless you, and I love you. And then two, be good to each other. Ooh, and uh, bang bang.